We hope you enjoy the following episode. Join us on our Instagram page at the EduPod. That's spelled T H E E D U P O D. Or join in on our conversations on Twitter at the EduPod. Also, we have a Facebook page. Please subscribe to it www.facebook.com forward slash the EduPod. To support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the EduPod. Enjoy! Welcome to the Educationalist Podcast. You're here with Arman and... You're here with Demi. And, uh, you know, it's another another battle, another week, fighting against challenging students. The cold. Marking deadlines and, yeah, the cold. The we cold. both sound sniffly. Don't even pretend. <laughs> Let's just I'm embrace fine. it. I'm fine today. I'm fine today. Um, <laughs> my, deep, my deep soul voice on today. So we're going to be talking about long-term planning today. Mm. And we're going to be, you know, discussing it, going into detail. But before all of that, Dami, how's your practice been? Yeah, thank you very much. Good question. Um, not bad. I don't think I've done enough marking, but that is a hashtag for every teacher out there. <laughs> hashtag no marking. Um, but my lessons have been pretty good, particularly my year 11 uh, poetry lessons. Having to condense it down, we haven't got that much time this year to mm. teach poetry. Mm. Um but we are doing what we have to do, trying to teach each poem in like a lesson and a half, yeah. if not a lesson. But the kids are working hard. That's good to so, hear. So yeah, not too bad. That's what about your hear. week? How's your practice been? Uh, yeah, I've been unwell, unfortunately, this mm. week, as you can hear I can from my voice. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the days that I have been in, it's it's been fairly fine. Things have been uh, like clockwork. Uh, on the contrary, I've been marking so much I've just been given so much it's, well, it's that time you. of the year you know loads yeah. of mock exams and mm-hmm. if you don't get it done then you don't get the data in and if you don't get the data oh, in God. then how dare you the d word again <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, i need to i need to get on top of it and um so i've been dedicating a lot of time uh, mm. towards it but in the process i feel like the delivery of my lessons, at the very least, could be could be better as, as yeah. well as the planning uh, aspects of it. But you know, True. I'm not going to be too harsh on myself. No, I'm, I'm ill. I'm trying. And you're doing well, <laughs> and you're still here today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so let's let's dive into it. Uh, long term yeah, planning. It. What is long term planning? If I were to come up to you in the street, a random stranger... On the street, yeah. Yeah, on the street, just random stranger. <laughs> on the 171. Yeah, before I ask for the pound coins, <laughs> I'll ask you down. Hey, how old are you? It's contactless these days, mate. <laughs> what is long-term planning? Oh, that is a, that's a tough one. Um, I suppose I want to... Okay, I'll break it down. I'll let you answer it when I ask my own question. Okay. All right. For me, long-term planning is... Um, I suppose the knowledge we want our kids to know, what do we want our kids to learn over the long period of time they're with us. Um, and I suppose that bears in mind, one, the content, as well as the time. That sort of like 
structured sequence timing, you know, um, really using the people around you, whether that's um, subject specialists, um, head of departments, to really have meetings to fine tune what it is you want the kids to know. And always revise that, I suppose, yeah. Uh, for you, Armin, what is long-term planning? I think long-term planning is uh, having foresight into mm. all of those things, trying yeah. to figure out what do you want the pupils to, to get over a lengthy period of time? Yep, precisely. Um, considering the academic year and as well their whole school career. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think, I think that's the crux of any long-term planning. Yep. It's, it's the end result. Mm-hmm. What is the result? And uh, with, with that being said, I think today's session is going to be less about telling you what um, or how to long-term plan and more about prompting the listener because each circumstance and situation will differ according to the school and so because of that in order for you to actually come to realistic goals and to know how to long-term plan for your situation we're going to be asking or throwing out loads of prompts and loads of questions and get you thinking about about it in a way which is relevant to you sound good yeah, no, it sounds very good. I might just caveat that with um, this idea of long-term plan really applying to, I suppose, uh, Ofsted's new terminology of uh, the curriculum, you know, which is the idea that curriculum is this, the knowledge that is taught over this period of time. So these words mm-hmm. um, at the present moment are interchangeable. Okay. Definitely, definitely. So uh, when it comes to long-term planning, as I mentioned before, I think it divides into two parts. and. Mm-hmm. First part is, well, what do we want to, as educationalists, what do we want to achieve at the end of an academic year? Yep. And also, what do we want to achieve at the end of each pupil's school career? Mm. And I think it's best to deal with the latter first, because it will inform the former. Mm-hmm. So dealing with the latter, how, uh, here's a few questions to sort of think about. How does the school envision the ideal lever? What does the school expect its levers to be able to do because of the five plus years of education Mm. they provide? I think that's a key critical question to ask yourself when you are forming a long-term plan. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, And I think it's really important to bear in mind the thing a lot of people forget which is yeah each community is different so think about what you know what makes your community because what makes your community will be entirely different to what makes mine in terms of a fact we're both english teachers for uh, instance and the idea of our subject is so horizontal there's so much we can like pick and choose mm. so what is really best for the kids that i teach i suppose in barking and dagenham and how do i get them to a successful English grade, what what is the, the skills they need to learn at the end of year 11? And that's some really important. And, and sometimes, you know, there, there will be different circumstances. But when yeah. it comes to English, there will also be um, sort of th- things that have been mentioned in the national curriculum anyway, yeah, any aims and objectives. But when, when I say these things, I don't say it in terms of something which is subject specific. Mm. That's another actual um, idea. I'm talking about generically, like what's the overall vision of the head teacher? Mm. What's their goal and objective for each pupil? Where do they want each child to be after the end of their educational career at that particular school? And I yeah. think it's important for schools 
to have a clear cut vision about the where vision they the want the their pupils to be. And, and and perhaps this is the reason why many schools on their websites will explicitly state this is our vision. This is our vision. Yeah. It, it is something very important. And usually yep. the vision will overlap with aspects of the of the national, national curriculum. curriculum. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to individual departments, also think about well, what will the ideal lever of your school have in terms of skills and knowledge post year eleven, post year thirteen, if applicable to your school, mm. and and that links with the school's overall aims and objectives in mind. Say, for instance, one of the vision of the uh, a vision of the school is for each child to be empowered to pursue whatever. Um, whatever endeavor they wish to to pursue, whether it's academic or entrepreneurial, whatever it might be, yeah, maybe there's um, something which would be a subject spe- specific aim within English would be to be able to provide all pupils to write eloquently to do it. Long term plans are all about the results and the vision for that particular pupil. Any thoughts? No, no, no. I agree. Um, so my school has been. I suppose for the past few months been rewriting our school's vision um, and I am not even going to hazard a guess as to what every single one I'm about to say we've we've rounded it up to three C's okay uh, one three being C's. like yeah. capital culture etc yeah. so there are three C's we're going to try to encompass that reflects our school's vision mm-hmm. and obviously it's the heads of departments as well as the head teachers for us to try to think about the skills we want our kids to leave with at the end of the day and I think that does actually really tie in with also different elements of the school, such as like careers, like and destination data, sixth form and year eleven. What happens to your kids when they leave school? Where what where what are the gaps that you need to fill in as teachers and as the head teacher, middle leaders, and trying to almost readdress that. So the idea of also a curriculum is also trying to fine-tune it, revising it, and document, I believe, mm. that needs to be reflected mm. on, mm. definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, uh, going back to the... Um, so move, moving from the, the broader sort of aims of a school and, and focusing specifically on each department and how they vision their ideal school lever, uh, if I think about a lever of English language at A-level, it may differ to the ideal lever of English literature at A-level or advanced mathematics and so forth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Therefore, our image of what our ideal lever is depends on how competent and how fluent they are in the subject we teach and they learn. So I'm thinking for, for English at a GCSE level, on a broad scale, when we have our pupils leave year 11, our aims, whether they fulfill these aims is another thing, but these are our visions, this is our long-term, uh, our long-term goals, our, mm. our broad aims are to get them to be able to speak well, yeah. to be able to get them to write well, competently, uh, academically, for them to be able to access and read and comprehend difficult texts, specifically 19th century literature, which is a massive part of the national curriculum nowadays. And also, I think, a a massive part of English is to be able to get them to think critically in the language, the language that they'll be using to communicate with others and um, using to solve any problems that they'll be addressing and be faced with after school. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, yeah, so 
and that links back to your, you know, this long-term plan. Yeah, the knowledge yeah. you provide for your students will be the knowledge that they draw onto when it comes to problem solving after school. Definitely. And that's yeah. really, really important. It's almost this idea that we, we can't underestimate this in terms of the knowledge we teach our kids from year seven to the time they leave us, because it's that knowledge right, that they're going to use for the rest of their lives. Uh, and it's based on answering these broad questions that departments will then be able to work backwards yes, and calculate each step needed to achieve these goals. Yeah. I think probably one thing that our listeners are thinking right now is, well, how do you go about actually coming up with these goals? Mm. How do you come up with this vision? How do you come up with this long-term plan? Yeah. What would you say to that? All right, so... Um, oops, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> So what we've done in my school quite recently in terms of like, I suppose, how is your long-term curriculum informed is we've looked at the idea of like almost schemas. So like the knowledge that we want them to build up towards. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we've identified various skills we want them to look at. So when my kid is in year 11, our students are in year 11, what core skills do they need to have learned? What are the core knowledge skills we need to have learned to be successful? Yeah. And that's away from grade four, five, six, seven. It's just what mm. do I need to learn in terms of skills? Whether this is analysis skills, whether this is your ability to identify a quotation, to be able to start to break that down. We've looked at it from year seven all the way to year 11 and then almost working backwards. So we start in year 11 and we mm. go, this is what we need to do in year 11. Right. So how do I get there? Mm. So what's the first step in year seven? So if by year 11, I need to be able to explain the effect of language, I know in year seven, my kid needs to be able to at least identify a language device. Mm. Yeah. And we start from there. So year 11 is there, year seven, and we're always making building blocks. How can we keep on building from that year seven to year 11? If I identify in year seven, what do I need to do in year eight? Then what do I need to do in year nine? And almost working our way from there. And and this uh, is is a process that, you know, you have to be collaborative. Yeah, massively. Otherwise, it just it not that it won't work, but more minds, the better it the results will be. The more clearer the vision will be, and it's less just one person's idea, and it's more all your minds put together, and you're finding a unified, uh, I guess, uh, criteria for your ideal lever, and it just it makes things a bit more. Mm, how can I say this? Better, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, um, it's what, um, oh, I forgot her name now. Uh, I think it's, she's called Claire Cisse. Uh, she uh, talks about the idea of um, it being schemas, the idea mm. of like knowledge is built over time. There's no shortcuts to this at all. So, there's the idea that what knowledge do we need to start making links to from year seven all the way to all year the way through, all the way through, and it is that throughout that gradual step, and um. I suppose that's what happens in terms of like it is a building block. It's not going to happen over time. You that's, can't you can't true. copy and paste it's it. It's constantly. So it, it's it's once you find this ideal lever and you've mapped out all the skills yeah. and the knowledge and you know what you want from them. Yes. You then move on to the next step, which is the backwards planning mm -hmm. aspect, and then each year, each academic year or each year within your school yeah. is then viewed almost as a scheme of learning. So Precisely. year seven is a scheme of learning in and of itself. That scheme of learning is aimed at developing certain skills which will then feed onto the skills 
that will be used and developed on in year eight and so on and so forth. So each year is viewed almost as a scheme of learning that is fulfilling these greater objectives and aims. Yeah, just this, looking, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. I was going to say, almost call it like the content itself, you know, what is the content you need to learn? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, and I guess this leads to the second um, thing, and, and that is long-term plannings in terms of each academic year, for mm. each academic year, for mm-hmm. each year group. Um, and so, like, how how do you, does your school go about sort of long-term planning for a year group? Big question. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, right, so we often do quite a very healthy workshop where we all meet together with the head of the department or teachers and I do think like subject specialists as well as the heads need to be there as well as the teachers and we this summer worked backwards so we started with our year 11 class and just went we listed everyone individually just listed what are the skills they need to learn mm-hmm. and after we made that list We've, we made another list. So let's call that list a content of skills yep. that the kids need to learn in year 11. Then after we made that list, we looked at what do we teach them in year 11. Mm-hmm. So let's say Macbeth, for instance. Right, so one skill is analysing language. We do this through Macbeth. Now, how do we make those links? How do we know that my kid is analysing language through Macbeth? Now, what we do is we write another list in terms of, right, so analysing Macbeth, that's actually really, really hard. And some kids still don't know how to do that in year 11. Right, why not? And we start thinking about, from a kid's perspective as well as a teacher's perspective, what are the gaps in our areas of learning? Like, mm-hmm. what do we need to do to make sure a kid is analysing, irrespective of what band they're in, what grade we're on? How do we get them? So it's almost almost a constant process of evaluating and then adapting what has been going on based on what they know in year 11 or or any year. Or any year. It could be year 11 or it could be year 7. So in year 7, for instance, let's say I want our kids to be able to identify a device in a poem. Mm -hmm. So what happened at the end of year 7? Did they get there? How did they get there? The kids didn't get there. What What was the gaps in their knowledge? How do they struggle? And we do this on a termly basis, like constantly having work. It's almost quite like they're, they're intensive sessions, but it's like an hour or actually no, last time was four hours, like four hours that we moved away from our timetabling just to think about how we structure our school's knowledge. And I think it's really important. The school is really trying to take it um, very seriously. Um, and I think that almost comes down to something we may talk about later regarding the timing do we give teachers enough time to actually do this? I, I think that's a massive issue. Yeah. And, how, um, do your, how does your school um, work on the long-term plan of a year group? In terms of the long-term plan, uh, to be honest, it's something that I feel that um, teaching and learning leads tend to, tend to deal with. Mm. Um, okay. and, and sort of teachers on the ground... Uh, they're not as involved in the process um, uh, directly. Um, but, but with all of that being said, I do have my own thoughts on how I would go about approaching long-term yeah. planning. Yeah, go for it. And, um, I think 
one one of the reasons why I've decided to speak about long-term planning for the year group for, if, uh, after talking about the school's vision as a whole mm. is that in order to be informed for your long-term planning for that particular year group, you need to ask yourself, how does the year's objectives and aims link to the school's overall objectives and aims? Yeah, that's How is a, yeah, this a manifestation of the of the school's overall objectives? Mm. Um, how does this um, year group's uh, content and, and knowledge and the skills that you intend to develop, how does it link to the department's overall aims as well, which is very similar to the first question. Mm-hmm. Um, what specific subject knowledge would pupils have gained because of completing this academic year? So if I were to um, s- sort of pre- present a hy- hypothetical question, what if we removed year eight from the curriculum? What? How would the... the how, like, how would this have affected their their progress in year nine and the subsequent years? How, so so what, what I mean is, like, say, for instance, you've got your five year groups, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. And let's say, in, in order to determine how critical what it is you're teaching for that particular year group is, imagine if that year group wasn't there. You didn't have that year. Everything that they learned in that year wasn't there. How critical is that year to their subsequent progress? How critical is it for them to build on certain things that they would have learned in that year if it had occurred? Do you get what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah, sure. Of, I get, yeah, I know what you mean. You sort of appreciate the value of that year. You're not just thinking of it as, oh, this is year eight. Oh, mm. I think I'm going to just, oh, let's, let's do this this nice novel because it sounds nice I've read it before when yes I yeah okay it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you're, yeah. you're, you're sort of you're acutely aware of how critical that year group and the skill and the knowledge is of that year for the subsequent years it all is I guess interconnected every year group and what you're teaching is interconnected yeah each year, year group and the content that you're teaching and their learning within it is critical and is a foundation to build upon. Yeah, it links to... Yeah. I remember uh, this, this example links to the Chekhov's gun theory. So, like, if it's... You're not going to use it. Like, if it's not going to go off, don't use it. Definitely. If you're not going to uh, focus on this particular area of work and it's not really going to develop a particular skill, why are you teaching it in the first place? Exactly. Don't just teach, uh, in English, a book, for example, because... It's, it's fun and enjoyable. Try, yeah, you can have a book that's fun and enjoyable, but also links back to the skills you want your kids to focus I, I on. I think that's the, key, that's the key thing. Something should be taught. Yes, it may be fun and enjoyable, um, but that can't be the extent of your reasoning for its inclusion in mm. a year uh, or a long-term plan. It needs to be a, bit, a lot more substantial than that. Yeah, um, we call it sequential lessons. Sequential lessons. Yeah, almost this idea of like going back to basics, like what are the fundamentals we want our kids to understand? And then we identify the skills, we focus mm-hmm. and we consolidate throughout. I, I guess um, I do have a problem. Like, when we say lessons, I, I know you don't intend this. When we say lessons, we're thinking about... Indi- but this yeah. is oh, I know you. Yeah, We're not talking about here, when we're talking about long-term planning and we're talking about certain texts that we intend yes. to teach, we're thinking about 
the medium term plans, the, yeah. the, the content that we're going to teach for each academic term and sure. how that links into this larger uh, monolith. Yeah, monolith. sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not not just like, you know, Wednesday, the 18th of December, <laughs> I'm going to teach, blah, 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 blah. And it's, this will no. link to year 11. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. One, it's, it's not a magic wand and it's, yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. talking about no. individual lessons per se, but the sequence of, you know, your schemes of work, the schemas, the sequence of the skills, how does it materialize from year 7 all the way to year 11? And it is important to, you know, start. I think a lot of long-term planning, it it deals with conceptualising big ideas. Yeah, definitely. um, And and figuring out what those big ideas are first. Yeah. And then specific ways we're going to address them. Yeah, But even those specific ways are kind of vague and big and abstract. And it becomes clearer the further down we go in the scale. So we've got mm. long-term planning, and that's why we've got this series, right? Mm-hmm. Long-term planning, medium-term planning, individual lesson planning. And yeah. as we go through it, it becomes clearer how we're delivering this content, how it's actually being achieved. Yeah. A, I, so I, just, I just got raised eyebrows, <laughs> mainly because <laughs> of like, oh, I just remember my first time teaching, and we were teaching year nine, and we were asked to, just due to timing, obviously, once again, um, our lovely friend, we were asked to teach GCSE content because we just did not have the time. We just mm-hmm. had no time. Mm-hmm. But what we realised going backwards, and this is why it's important for your school to always address, edit, amend. We realised the skills we taught them year nine in terms of the, the skills, the poems, the content, they didn't actually develop much from year nine to year ten yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was almost like this wasted year because we were just scared of the time. So we just thought we'll teach content, Mm -hmm. but the skills themselves weren't being developed. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that was necessarily down to individual teachers because we had an array of teachers with different experiences. But when you teach for teaching's sake, that can be quite dangerous for the student. And it's then we let down. It is, it is. You didn't let them down massively. Um, But then in order to not let them down massively, I think it's... um, it's an imperative for anyone who is in SLT position mm. or a, a teaching and le- teaching and learning lead position or head of head of department position to make sure that their staff have time, make sure that they have time to to think about these things and um, to to refine it and to evaluate what they've been doing in the past and how effective it has been. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, yeah. just flash of uh, the past do you guys use knowledge organizers we don't aha uh-huh. we don't we do okay. yeah yeah Are you, uh, something about, you're going to introduce it's something that i have used in my individual classes yeah. for my individual groups yeah but um, not consistently okay. and it's not something that we have advocated in our departments consistently right how about yourself um, we've used knowledge organisers for the past year now, year and a half. Um, it's something we're trying to develop because it links to this knowledge approach-based curriculum. Well, hold on, hold on. Just in case people don't know, what, what is a knowledge organiser? Oh, you want to ask me that question. <laughs> right, so, I mean, it links back to, um, I suppose, the knowledge and facts that your students need to have learnt by the end of the term or end of a half term. So... In considering, considering we're talking about long-term planning, long, mm-hmm. knowledge organisers, they tend to be something more for like a medium-term plan. So if you're studying Romeo and Juliet, 
the beginning of uh, Romeo and Juliet, you're going to be given a sheet of all the essential knowledge that you need to know for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, my question is for you, do you think that a knowledge organiser can be organised for a long-term plan for like a whole year group, uh, or for, for a whole year? So like a knowledge organiser for the whole of year seven, summarising everything that we learned. Yeah. I mean, I, if you... If you think about it in terms of a, the idea that, so whether it's year seven or year eight, I definitely, as a teacher of English, need to know what skills and what content my students need to learn by the end of year seven, mm-hmm. for instance. Now, knowledge organisers shouldn't just be every fact under the sun that their students need to wrote, learn. Mm-hmm. Um, links back to, I think, Dan Whittington calls it inflexible knowledge, where they're just going... I'm going to remember this, remember that, and that will, you know, that will be okay. It's not that at all. It's more like, do they need to know what a metaphor is? Do they need to know what a simile is? Mm-hmm. Why is that important for half term one? Mm-hmm. And how does that link to half term two? Mm-hmm. How does that link to half term three? So almost similar with what we've done in terms of like um, looking at the entire course of year seven to year 11. At the end of year seven, what do I want to learn in terms of the knowledge mm-hmm. organiser? I identify those skills. I put it down in terms of just one piece of paper, one sheet of paper. So you can't put everything down. You've got to be very selective. Mm-hmm. So on one A4 slide, what does what do the children in my school in English need to have learned in English language? And then in half term two, I go backwards. And then in half term one. So I think it can be done and it shouldn't be used in isolation. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there is a danger. Um, because sometimes knowledge organisers can be used too much and that almost facilitates this idea of like rote learning. They're not, you know, being creative with their ideas. And sometimes it can be used too little where teachers expect kids to have used it but don't necessarily quiz on it or refer back to it in their learning. Mm. So yes, yes, it can if it's done effectively. But that does take a lot of um, organisation, time and, you know, sequencing like the teachers in the department. Mm. And... Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. It would be interesting to know. I I, th- I think one sort of criticism that I I, I could I would have um, and perhaps other teachers would have when it comes to a long term uh, plan knowledge organizer would yep. be that is the amount of time and effort put into creating to do that. It. Yeah. yeah, is it worth it? Because also if we're creating spaces where we're constantly evaluating how uh, effective. The, um, the 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 medium term plans are the bits of knowledge and, and organization. Oh, sorry, the, not, I'm just thinking knowledge organizer. The bits of knowledge and, and the, the skill development that we are um, providing throughout a long term, throughout a year, like it, it's subject to change, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's subject to change, mm-hmm. and you've spent a, a good amount of time creating a long term plan, knowledge organizer. But then at the end of the year, you're like, oh, wait, we're going to change this now. It does I, feel like a wasted effort in, in that regard. No, same. Okay, so that's almost one of the difficult. I mean, that almost links to what I was going to say next in terms of um, it is, um, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Winningham. Um, Winningham says, um, so we need teachers, pupils, and parents to be really clear on the core necessary facts that represent a well developed schema of topic, which you see in the knowledge organizer. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, everyone needs one. But we need to make sure the explanations, the connections between those facts in lessons makes the knowledge memorable, flexible and transferable. So there is the idea that 
it needs to change. It's it doesn't stay put. So the knowledge organizers we created for our year sevens last year is not. It doesn't even look the same as this year because we've actually moved on to this uh, mastery of skills idea for our year sevens. Mm-hmm. So we are always changing. We're always revisiting. We're always redrafting. And if you want, if you want your curriculum long term plan and medium term plan to be flexible and to meet the you know, the vision of your school, you need to be readdressing these things. And it will take time, but that's how you get the best of your kids. Mm. And I think what will be more interesting is actually to see um, almost a differentiation between the kids who uh, sat their GCSEs this year and the kids who sit it in the next two years because we've used knowledge organisers with the kids who are currently in nine. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see, was it beneficial? And how, yeah. do, we even, how do we even measure that? Yeah, itself, I think, I think that's that's uh, yeah, that's true. Before we that's, carry that's really this thing going on, yeah, yeah to really see is, the data, it is difficult to, yeah. to determine. But I, I do understand and appreciate your point. It can be very difficult, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, uh, in terms of uh, literature, uh, do you have any books or any articles that um, you'd recommend our listeners Jeez. to? Do you know, what? you go first because I've got, I've got quite a few. To to okay, no, you you can go for it because I sure? uh, to be honest, a lot of the ideas that I came up with, um, I I just I thought makes me sound so. I'm gonna cut that. Uh, <laughs> no arrogance at all, my friend. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> right. Um. I'll, do you know what? I'm gonna just simply go through the people I've read as well as um the people that I've talked to. I've been speaking to people in my school as well as uh, people in other schools. Um, so one is uh, J.L. Dutort, amazing article, 4th of April 2019. Um, second person is Claire, Claire Slay, who was fantastic. Um, another person what is... Was Claire Slay's article? Um, Claire Slay's article is on the beauty of a curriculum. Okay. And she has a, another article on um, what do we mean by the curriculum. And the last person, which is on my phone, so I'm really hoping this works because my phone is so temperamental. Give me a second. Really, please work. Uh, uh, the rosalindwalker.wordpress.com. Um, I think that's Ruth, uh, who's an amazing head teacher. And to be quite honest, she I use a lot of the articles and a lot of the research she's um, been writing um, that website is amazing. Definitely check it out for curriculum planning as well as if you are a science teacher because mm. she does a lot of science-based uh, research. Um, she's actually writing a book at the moment with someone in her school um, regarding curriculum and the future of the curriculum, which great. definitely, yeah, can't wait to check out. Great. So great. Thank you. Great stuff. Okay, so I think we'll, we'll call it a day. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you Please for listening. Please do send us your comments and your thoughts on... Yep. Our, our numerous pages on our Twitter site, Instagram, um, Facebook, of course. Um, am I missing any? <laughs> I don't think I am. But, no, not yet. Uh, not, not yet. <laughs> please, more. please do interact with us. Let us know your thoughts and uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a good day. Thank you once more for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, please consider supporting us on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash the edupod. Do share this episode with your friends or colleagues, and we hope to provide more quality content. Thank you once more for listening. Bye.